Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, welcome and let's go. I am Evan Grote. You are listening to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by SportsNot.com. And training camp 2022 is officially underway. It's no longer guys running around in shorts and helmets. It's full pads, full go, lots to break down, and I'm happy to have you tuned in once again this week. All 32 teams have now reported to camp, so it's football season. It's, it's here. It's officially here. And about a week from now, August 4th to be exact, the Raiders will take the field in Canton, Ohio in the Hall of Fame game versus the Jacksonville Jaguars to kick off the preseason schedule. I have a few different topics for you to chew on this week. At the top of the show, I will get you caught up with the news and notes from the week, including the sudden retirement of Denzel Good and what that means for the offensive line going forward. I do want to spend some time focusing on the offensive line. Obviously, they are getting a lot of the headlines thus far in training camp and for good reason. The Raiders have a potent offense with playmakers all over the place, and uh, they should have no problem moving the ball and scoring points, but it's been well documented here on the podcast. If you listen, it's been uh, documented by insiders and really anyone who follows the team that really this offensive line is the one thing that could potentially hold this offense back, so that will be a major talking point this week. We heard from several players throughout the week, including head coach uh, Josh McDaniels, players and coaches, I should say. Uh, We heard from McDaniels on Thursday, so we will play some of the audio um, from his time uh, at the podium, and we're going to form some opinions based on what we heard. And then in segment two of the show, you know, I was thinking about it this week um, as I was reading through different articles over at The Athletic, you know, listening to different Raiders podcasts and Raider Nation radios, watching some NFL Network. You know, I'm just starting to kind of dive into it here. Head first, you know, I was thinking about who are the players that are receiving the most hype right now after one week of training camp? And are you buying the hype? You know, it happens every year, right? Every year at this point in the season, you know, there isn't uh, real football activities going on. We've heard about mini camp practices and OTA practices. That's all in t-shirt and shorts and that's all good. Um, but now that the pads are on, we, we, we kind of separate the men from the boys here. So who is receiving the most hype and are you buying it? If you follow me at or on Twitter at egrote five, which if you don't, please do. I put out a tweet the other day Uh, And the tweet involved one of the players who I believe is receiving a lot of hype right now. And I will uh, get you some more of my thoughts on that. I also have a couple other players that I want to share with you, all that coming a little bit later on in the show. So a real busy uh, agenda this week. And uh, let's get it kicked off now with some news and notes from training camp. And I want to begin 
uh, with talking about the players that were placed on the pup list. I know this isn't breaking news. Uh, the, the Raiders, as you know, did report to camp last week. So this is the first show since camp has opened. Um, but there is one player mainly that I want to discuss, and that is Trayvon Mullen. Now, it is not the news that you want to see uh, on Mullen. And if you listen to my most recent podcast, I listed the the uh, cornerback uh, competition opposite of Trayvon Mullen is one of the ones that I would be focusing on uh, throughout training camp. Um, but you know, getting back to Trayvon Mullen, he has struggled with with health and consistency throughout his career. And you know, he has shown flashes of being a good player, but has not been able to make that jump that I think many people were hoping he would. Uh, that jump to a more reliable, consistent, not necessarily a shutdown corner, but you know, a, a cornerback number one that you can rely on to be out there every week and to kind of hold down his side of the field. And I thought that would be the case this year, but um, you know, missing some time here early in camp, not fully recovered from the off-season surgery that he had, and you know, he's missing out on valuable time right now to learn Patrick Graham's new scheme. And I don't think that bodes well for him. Now, I don't want to overreact to the news because uh, from what I understand, he can be taken off the pup list at any time before the August 23rd deadline, and he would not miss any games if that should happen. But again, it's just not what you want to see early on from a player who has dealt with some of the things that Mullen has dealt with. And you can compound that um with the questions that already exist in the secondary, I just mentioned um, the uh, job that is available on the opposite side of Mullen. You got some um, issues in the back end of the defense, and it's just a major con- cause for concern for me anyways. I'm not sure if you f- share those concerns. Um, if, However, if there is one silver lining to all of this, I, I-, I do think it's that the Raiders have brought in two corners uh, during the offseason that I, I think are, are capable. Uh, should Mullen miss extended time, um, I'm talking about Rocky Seen and Anthony Everett, um, You know, both guys who I thought would be competing for the job opposite of him. But should Mullen ever miss time, I think you should feel somewhat comfortable with those two as your starters should that ever um, be the case. But when healthy, I do feel Mullen is their top guy. And so, you know, I, I know I'll be closely monitoring his health here over the next couple of weeks, and, and hopefully uh, the Raiders will get him off that pup list um, before that August 23rd deadline. Other names joining Mullen on that pup list are Jonathan Hankins and newly acquired Bilal Nichols. Other news this week that I wanted to mention is Zamir White, the rookie fourth-round draft pick running back, has been absent from practice really all of camp. Now, he, he has not been out there for a week now. It appears from a tweet that I saw from Vic Tafer the other day of The Athletic that it's some sort of back injury. Um, that's really all that I know about it, and I'm, and I'm sure you know I, I know McDaniel spoke today not really saying a whole lot about it, but it's a tough break for the rookie uh, who has, you know, has a history of some injuries, albeit um, injuries to the knees, but from what uh, McDaniel's had to say they they don't expect him to be out too much longer now as far as the impact to the position and, and the offense I would say right now it's minimal now you know, the room is crowded and so as a rookie he doesn't want to fall too far behind but you have Josh Jacobs who appears to be 
healthy. He's in very good shape. And, you know, he will be option number one in the run game. I would expect White to be back on the field sooner rather than later. So my my panic meter is, is fairly low um, on this one. If I was on a scale 1 to 10, I would say it's about a 3 right now. In other news, the Raiders finally announced their new radio play-by-play man who will team up with Lincoln Kennedy. I was really starting to wonder about who was going to be getting that job here. And then this week they announced Jason Horowitz will replace Brett Musburger as the voice of the Raiders. Horowitz was previously on Sirius XM NFL radio. He's also done work for CBS sports network, as well as additional work with uh, Westwood one as their lead studio anchor for their NCAA football and, and basketball coverages. I can't say that I know anything about Jason Horowitz. I had never really heard the name until this week. But I will tell you this, when I watch when I watch Raiders games, I often mute the TV. I'm not sure how many of you guys do this out there as well. I mute the TV and I will watch the game listening to the radio broadcast. I did it 100% of the time when when Papa was calling the games. Now that number dropped to probably 50, 60% of the time this past season or two with with Musburger, but I've I've always enjoyed watching sports with the hometown broadcast. I think they bring something a little bit extra, uh, something a little bit more personable about the players and the teams that you just don't hear from from the uh, a national broadcast. I do the same thing uh when I listen to Yankee games as well. It's just I I enjoy um watching the games that way. Uh and and then moving on um you know, to my final piece of news that I, I think is the real big one here this week is, um, you know, it's the retirement of Denzel Good and and what that means for the Raiders offensive line. I think that's been the conversation out there that's really dominated, uh, you know, the, the Raider talk shows and the Raider podcasts and and. And for good reason, you know, I, I've gone through, or I have not gone through, uh, excuse me, um, my 53-man projected roster. Um, but when I think about the off, uh, the offensive line uh, throughout the offseason and, and heading into this season, I was never really 100% bought in on Denzel Good coming off the ACL injury at his age. I think there was a lot of uncertainty there. And I think back to last season, especially with Rich, Richie Incognito. Uh, when he tried to return from the Achilles injury that he he had. And, and I know that Incognito was a much older player, but oftentimes guys in their 30s, and I, and I believe Good is 31 years old, they just don't come back. They don't bounce back from these um, injuries like younger players do. Uh, and not to mention, we're talking about an offensive lineman who is 330 pounds. This is not a 200-pound running back or a 200-pound wide receiver or defensive back that we're talking about. It's just not the same. Anyways, the offensive line has been under much scrutiny coming off of a poor 2021 season. There is now a new offensive line coach in the mix, Carmen Brasilio. But I think it's safe to say the concerns will continue to linger on throughout camp. Um before I get to some more of my thoughts, I do want to play some audio from Brandon Parker. He spoke with the media this week, and here he is talking about some of that outside noise, some of that criticism that they've been hearing. We, we kind of been a kind of the butt of jokes a little bit, so we kind of we we all kind of have that chip on our shoulder anyway. A lot of us, you know, Andre being undrafted, John being third, Lester being undrafted, you know, uh, Colton kind of same thing as me started out rough. We all kind of just trying to. Prove you know to be the best we can. Um, 
you know, like I said, we've been in the butt of some jokes. We see it. So does that push you more? It does. Uh, it does. You know, we we see it. You know, a lot of us on social media we try not to let it affect us, but you know, it's still kind of like there's that chip on our shoulder to show that we can't be the top dogs. So there you heard from Brandon Parker. And it's, it's safe to say they, they hear it and they're well aware of the fact that things need to change in order for this offense to truly make the jump that, at least on paper, they have the talent to do. And, and it's fully expected this offense is going to jump fr- you know to a top six or seven offense with the talent that they now have. And as I've said, Derek Carr has everything he needs. He has an elite play caller in Josh McDaniels. He has a run game. He has a true wide receiver one to go along with Renfro and Waller. But if there is one thing, and one very important thing I'll, I'll add, that could derail things, it, it would be the offensive line. Now, as of right now, from everything we have been hearing, it does sound like Brandon Parker has been getting the majority of the reps with the ones at right tackle. Yes, Alex Leatherwood and and Jermaine Illuminar um, have been getting a look there as well. But if the season was to start next week, I would say that Parker is going to be starting at right tackle. Now, the question is what to do with the right guard spot and Alex Leatherwood. It's really hard to believe Alex Leatherwood falling behind not only Brandon Parker to start at right tackle, but also Lester Cotton at right guard. But that does appear to be the case. Um, our good friend Mo Moten uh, has a piece up over at sportsnot.com right now about the situation at right guard. He lays out three different options that he has um, for the position. And he also points out in his story, uh, Vic Tafer uh, has included Lester Cotton as the starting right guard in all four of his most common offensive line combinations. More about Lester Cotton coming up in segment two, hint, hint. Uh, I'm still very curious about Dylan Parham and the factor that you know he will play in at the battle for right guard. I did hear he was working some at center, which I do believe is the future for him. I do believe the future for him is at center. He was having some issues with the quarterback center exchange. Uh, but other than that, it's been pretty quiet out there um, on the Dylan Parham front. I, I do think it's also important to keep in mind that the pads just came on this week, and I would expect things to really heat up with the right guard and, and right tackle battles. You have heard the coaches say it's very, very difficult to evaluate offensive line play without the pads being on. So we should learn much, much more in the coming weeks, especially as we get into preseason games. I'm going to be watching those preseason games very closely, uh, particularly along the right side of the offensive line, and just to see how, you know, what we can learn um, about these battles here. Uh, Real quick, before I get to my first break, just to give you a bit more insight into the decision and how it will be made on the offensive line. Take a listen here to head coach Josh McDaniels when he was asked about the current status uh, of the starting offensive line. You know, it's it's too early to sit here and try to say where it's at, um, you know, but there's multiple guys in there that are competing. Um, you know, they know that. They all know it. Um, you know, we're going to try to play the best 11 guys on every snap. It's the right thing to do. Uh, it's the best thing for the team. You know, and if we keep putting the best 11 out there, regardless of, you know, what, how young, old, whatever, it doesn't matter about that. It just, if we put the best 11 out there, I think everybody respects the fact that we're trying to win. 
Um, so, you know, everybody's going to get opportunities, you know, we had, you know, Jermaine's doing the same thing. Thayer's doing the same thing, you know, so we, we got a lot of people that are rotating in there on the right side. Um, we got a lot of people that are playing a lot of spots too, you know, which, like I said, it's, it's not just one spot on the line. It's, we're going to try to find the best five linemen and we're going to try to find the best 11 to put out there in every play in each unit. So, um, you know, I think they all have a great mindset. Everybody's working. Um, there are no, we told them there, there are no like, well, this is this and this is that. I mean, we have, we have periods where we start and those guys aren't in there, you know? So, um, there's a lot of competition. I think it makes them all better. They've embraced it, um, which is really the, what we want from our team. And, uh, we'll look forward to letting it play out on the field. They'll determine it, you know, they'll determine it. We will play the top five guys out there. Those were the words from McDaniels and, what that tells me is a guy like Alex Leatherwood, they really don't care if you were a first-round draft pick last year or not. Yes, he's making a lot of money, but if he's not getting the job done, then it's on to the next man, and that's what we're seeing. And so the competition is ongoing. I'm going to be on top of that one. I'm sure you will be as well. It is time for me to step aside now, get a break in here, and when I return, who are the Raiders that are getting the most hype so far in week one of training camp? Are you buying or selling on that hype. I know who my top three are. What about you? Don't go anywhere. More coming up in segment two of Just Pod Baby brought to you by SportsNot.com. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Run down the field on them. Your home for all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, and guests. Just win, baby. There's only one nation, and they listen here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Well, about the same as they almost always are. You know, you're. It's the first time in months that they've had to carry them, you know, and, um, you know, legs get a little heavy as the day goes on, uh, which is this, you know, phase of the year where you're trying to callous the body so you can kind of, you know, withstand the, the grind of the season. Um, and, you know, so many things showed up yesterday just from an individual technique perspective that we need to correct and fix and do better. Um, you know, the most fundamental aspects of our game are, blocking, you know, defeating a block. And literally, I mean, those are the things we're really going to try to focus on. We coached that yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening. Um, there's not a lot of new stuff going in today. You know, we're going to try to, you know, go back to some of the things we did yesterday and hopefully see some progress because um, our big thing is we don't get many days like this, you know, where we get to redo a bunch of things we did yesterday uh, without the urgency of adding a bunch of new installation and talking about an opponent and all those things uh, that you have to do during the regular season. So we don't get many opportunities to do this. So uh, today's a great opportunity for us to make progress um, individually, which obviously then will collectively make us better. So a lot of technique things, fundamental aspects of the game that we haven't been able to, to do, uh, that we're able to do for the first time, and now we have a shot to improve them. And that was head coach Josh McDaniels bringing us back from our break with some of his comments on his impressions from uh, the first day in pads. And I do welcome everyone back here to Just Pod Baby. You know, much has been made about the accountability aspect uh, of this year's team. And you keep hearing about the the team taking laps when when mistakes are made and uh, 
the attention to detail from this coaching staff, the, the teaching that has been going on with this new coaching staff and what they're all about. Uh, there's definitely a different vibe. And not to say that the previous coaching staff wasn't focused on the finer aspects of the game, the details, but for example, you know, you could look at the number of penalties that the Raiders have had, you know, over the years. Go back and look since uh, I was taking a look myself. Since the 2018 season, the Raiders were among the most penalized teams in the league. And, and so that's an area you would like to see cleaned up. And, you know, it all starts in training camp. It starts with, you know, it starts at the top, number one, and then it starts, it trickles down to the players and, and then holding themselves accountable. And that's, you know, that's the Josh McDaniels that, you know, we keep hearing the Patriot way, so to speak. That's the influence that you have when you bring in guys, you know, who come from that organization, you know, that Bill Belichick uh, mode of, of everyone just do their job. So I wanted to get that out there uh, to start the segment. But, I, you know, I, I've teased this upcoming segment here at the top of the show. You know, each year I always look for uh, the players that are, are getting so much hype in, in camp, whether it is by the local media members, the coaches, or even, you know, fellow players, it never fails. Every year it happens, and in some cases the hype is real, and, and the player is able to, uh, you know, contribute throughout the season. And then in other cases that help that hype, uh, excuse me, really never develops into anything. And I think back again to a couple of years ago, I remember when Jalen Richard was in camp as an undrafted free agent. Um, I believe that was the Jack Del Rio era, the last season that he was the coach of the team. And, you know, I was lucky enough to have Richard on as a guest a couple of years ago here on the podcast. And I remember asking him, what was the key for him in making the team as an undrafted free agent? And I, and I remember what he said to me, he, he talked about, you know, having a goal at every practice. He, he made a goal for himself and he made it a point that he wanted to make a play in every practice, you know, any way he could to, to just try to make himself stand out. And he believed that if he would was able to do that, if he could show up each and every day and, and make a play, stand out, make a standout play, eventually, you know, he could stack together good day after good day after good day. And those coaches would have no choice but to keep him. And, and that's what he did. He was one of those guys who was getting a lot of hype. I remember the chatter that he was creating on social media. Uh, the beat writers were talking a lot about him. Who's this Richard guy? I remember it very, very well. Um, so, you know, he's one of those examples where it turns out to be real. And, you know, he was a, a decent little player for the Raiders. But then I look back to a guy like, more recently, Brian Edwards. In his previous couple of training camps with the team, you know, he he might have been, in my opinion, one of the more hyped guys that I can recall in recent years. And, and you know, um, Gruden was known to do that, really hype up players and, and, and certain guys. But don't forget, Gruden compared Edwards physically to Terrell Owens, <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about talent wise, but physically the way he, you know, his, his body makeup and whatnot. And I recall same thing with Edwards. He was showing up making plays in camp, 
Beat writers would talk about him. His teammates were fascinated with him. I remember Carr speaking very, very highly of him. You know, come game days, he just was not able to consistently be a factor on the field. And and so that leads me to ask you guys, getting back to the main topic here, who is it that, in your opinion, is getting the hype right now a week into training camp? And are you buying into the hype that some of these players are getting? Now, I'm going to toss out three names for you guys here. You can decide for yourselves whether you agree or not. The first one that I want to start with is wide receiver Mac Hollins. And there's no arguing. We all know if you follow, if you've dug into him a little bit, that Hollins is going to be a key contributor on special teams. That's where he makes his bones in this league. That's where his value lies. But beyond that, I'm not so sure what he will contribute as a wide receiver. And that's where I, I'm i pumping the brakes. I've heard all about Mac, the Mac Hollins mile this past week. I, 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 I talked to Alan Poupart, who was a beat writer for the Dolphins uh, months ago when they made the acquisition. Uh, he told us how great of a locker room guy he is, how great of a teammate he is. And those are definitely important things to have on your roster. But every time I turn around, this past week, I'm hearing about Mac Hollins and how people think he has something to offer uh, as a receiver. Now, I'm not hating on the guy, but I'm selling on the hype um, that's surrounding Mac Hollins as a wide receiver three on this team. I'm not even so sure that he's going to beat out Demarcus Robinson for that job, to be honest. I think he fits more of a wide receiver four, for sure. Um... But I don't anticipate him offering more than depth at at the position. If there's an injury, could he step in? Sure. But, uh, you know, and and the main reason behind my thinking, again, I'm not not being negative about the player. It's more so about the talent that they already have at the position. There's just too many mouths to feed with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and, and Darren Waller. And, and you also have to keep in mind that uh, Brandon Bolden and Kenyon Drake, they're going to have many opportunities in the passing game as well. So I, I just don't know where Hollins fits in here outside of some red zone targets. He does have a you know that tall, long 6'4 frame, uh, so he could be utilized some in the red zone. But even those uh, opportunities could be few and far between. You got great red zone uh, targets like Devontae Adams, who can really be excellent in the red zone to go along with Hunter Renfro, who we know he is so difficult to defend in in small spaces and small areas. And I'll even toss in another name here who I think could be ahead of him, ahead of Hollins when it comes to targets, especially in the red zone, is Foster Moreau. Um, He has shown, maybe not last year, but in his uh, first year or two, that he can get it done inside the 20-yard line as well. So, you know, there's only one football. I just don't see it with Matt Collins as a wide receiver. Do I like the player? Absolutely. Do I like what he brings to the locker room? Absolutely. I just don't know if I'm buying the hype uh, on him as a wide receiver for this team. Now, next on my list is a guy who you've been hearing a lot about. And uh, speaking of hyped up, we have heard the hype on him going back to training camps now. Not just this year, but... Last year and even the year before, and and you know the background story. He's an undrafted free agent. I'm talking about Lester Cotton, by the way. Lester Cotton, the uh, offensive guard out of Alabama. He was brought in as an undrafted free agent in 2019, was cut, then was signed to the practice squad. 
cut again in 2020, signed again in 2021, cut and then moved back to the practice squad for a second time with the Raiders and then was offered a futures deal uh, last year, uh, um, excuse me, January of 2022. So he's a guy that's been hanging around the organization for some time now. So he's obviously shown enough to pique the interest. There is a new coaching staff uh, in the mix now. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for him, but it seems like it's a good thing. So he's been on the radar for a couple of years now and he's done some nice things in camp, uh, you know, previous camps, not just this camp, but, but just not enough to earn himself a spot in the 53. This year does feel different. Uh, I mentioned the new coaching staff. That's They obviously are uh, intrigued by him just as the old coaching staff was, and he's getting some run with the ones. And so I'm buying the hype on Lester Cotton. Um, and I'm not saying he's going to win a starting job, but I do think this year he makes the 53-man roster. I do believe this is his time. And who knows if... You know, if he continues to show out at practice, we're going to see a little bit more in these preseason games. I'm sure he'll get a lot of opportunities there to to prove himself, but he may, you know, do enough to earn earn the job at right guard as well. I, I do want to take a listen to head coach Josh McDaniels with some comments on Lester Cotton. You know, I wasn't here with him, you know, so I've heard, you know, different things, obviously, but... Um, you know, I, I'm using my experience and my exposure to him now to really form, you know, our evaluation and our opinions of everybody here. And uh, Lester has just come in and put his head down. And, uh, you know, the Lester Cotton that I know from this season, from this off season, and now going into training camp, he just works hard. He's been in condition. He's gotten stronger. He did a tremendous job in our offseason program. He's been vocal. Uh, he's led by example and in with his voice. Um, he's brought others along with him. Um, and so he's, you know, he's earning the opportunities that he's getting. And again, we'll see where that goes. Uh, Lester knows he's competing just like everybody else is. But um, really excited for, you know, the growth that I've seen in him and the growth that I've heard from people that were with him before uh, that, that is happening right in front of our eyes. But um, you know, Lester enjoyed yesterday. That's a, that's his type of day. Definitely some positive comments there from, from the head coach. So Lester Cotton off to a good start and the third and final player who has been getting some hype. And I'll admit this one is a, is a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to, um, go ahead with it. I'm going to go ahead and, and name undrafted free agent linebacker, Darren Butler, um, as my third and final, uh, most hyped up player here at training camp. His name was popping up on my social media a bit this week, especially on Wednesday and the first day of pads. Uh, most notably, when he apparently uh, lit up fellow rookie uh, running back Britton Brown at practice. I, I saw that was getting a lot of attention on social media as one of the, the big hits of the day. Uh, I was doing some reading as well this week. The guys over at The Athletic, uh, Tashawn and Ted and, and Vic, they have Butler listed as their annual super sleeper to make the team. Um, and he was even, it's been reported that he's been getting some looks uh, as a first team linebacker, inside linebacker. Now, I was doing a little bit of digging on him and, and the obvious connection here with Butler is with the linebacker coach, Antonio Pierce. Now, Butler went to college at Arizona State and Pierce was the linebacker coach there for Herm Edwards. So they are very familiar with each other, and that probably gives him a pretty good edge, um, you know, because P- 
Pierce knows his strengths and his weaknesses. He knows how to motivate this player, and they have a relationship. So I do think that helps him. And because of that, I'm going to say that I'm buying the hype with Darren Butler. And I think he does have a legit shot to make the team because I don't look at the roster at linebacker, and I just don't think it's anything to write home about. I think behind Perryman and Diablo and Jayon Brown, I don't see a, a ton of sure things right now. And I, I know he plays on the inside. He's only 5'11", 220 pounds. He might be a little bit undersized. But uh, after doing a little research on him from his college game, he did show some improvement in his his speed. He trimmed down his senior year and lost some weight and really helped out his speed and coverage ability. He improved there greatly in his final season at Arizona. He was a four-year starter, uh, three-year captain. So he has played plenty of football, and he has some traits that you like to see at the position. You also know that former those former Patriot coaches, McDaniels and all the other guys who, who have come over with McDaniels from New England, they love them some core special teamers. The Patriots may, maybe, okay, more than any organization in the league, emphasize the importance of having great special teams and, and having guys out there that you can rely on um, to be your core special teamers. Think Mac Collins. That's what they brought him over to do. So I, I do think that could be a role that Butler carves out for himself if he is to make the team uh, early in his career. He could be, you know, a special team guy. So. That is the my list, my top three most hyped players so far in training camp. Let me know what you guys think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, and, and even share with me your list if you have one. You know how to get a hold of me. DM me on Twitter at egroat 5 and contacting me uh, over at the website justpodbaby.com as well. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's show. Uh, next Thursday, don't forget, next Thursday, August 4th, is the Hall of Fame game. It's it's one week away. Uh, the plan for the show is I'm most likely going to hold off uh, until after the game to put out my next episode. So stay tuned for that. I expect either uh, Friday evening or, or, or Saturday afternoon uh, that you will be able to uh, catch that new episode. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm waiting until after that game is over so we have something a little bit more to, to dive into and, and break down. But in the meantime, everyone enjoy the weekend. I'm playing in a two-day golf tournament. We're really looking forward to that. It's supposed to have some beautiful weather here in western New York. But until the next time, I am your host, Evan Grote. This is Just Pod Baby. Take care, everyone, and have a great weekend. As always, just win, baby.